You're listening to Finding Your Genius Zone with Dirk Novell. With the help of successful individuals across industries, Dirk breaks down the unknown parts of every vocation while highlighting the importance of finding a career where you can leverage your natural skills, passions, and interests. Now here's your host, Dirk Novell. Hey everybody, this is Dirk Novell. Welcome to my podcast. Um, this is a very actually exciting podcast for me. I haven't had four guests before. Um, I'm going to introduce, so there's Trish, there's Christy, there's Poncho, and there's Lydia. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. So I've asked them before I hit record, I was like, How, what's the best way to introduce you all in terms of what you do? And I'm going to do my best. So they're in the world of psychedelics and plant medicine, and there's a lot of different reasons they do this. And at the end of the day, I think the best way is they help people live better versions of their themselves. Um, and, you know, personally, I think there's probably 20 reasons people might go down this road or, or these journeys. So I'm going to let, you know, I don't mind which order we want to go in. Maybe Lydia, you can start it off. What it, in your own words, what it is you do if somebody was to sit next to you at a coffee shop and ask you, what do you do? How would you answer that? Hey, hi, Derek. Thank you so much. Very honored to to be here in this podcast. And hi, all. Um, so, if I need to say what I do, well, uh, I say that I'm here to help people understand better who they are, uh, where they come from, um, understand also the the power of uh, the lineage, which is a very important topic for us exploring your lineage and see you know all the talents and qualities you can inherit from that and but also helping people solve the the traumas from also from the ancestors we are really like uh, we see ourselves as uh, ancestors whisperers we go and explore the ancestors realms um help solving those very ancient traumas that repeat themselves generation after generation until it can really um become a real problem without knowing it so we bring help bringing what is in conscious to the conscious level so people can really understand who they are why they are like this and and how you know they can become better people better human beings yeah and just i mean i guess at the end of the day when you have people come and and do these journeys there's a reason they're coming to you they're not just curious there's there's something they're trying to get at exactly that's why also the, in the work we do and with trish and christy we also uh ask for people who really come with a purpose with an intention not just going to have a journey a psychedelic experience so if you come it's really because you want to solve something understand something better and really, you know, change yourself, transform yourself. Thank you. Pancho, what do you th what would be your take? Yeah, thank you for welcoming me and us. I'm very honored. And uh, let's say, for example, I'm talking with somebody and uh, he or, or she asked me, oh, how do you come to this perspective? And it's something new, you know, it is uh, out of the box and uh, quite of a, uh, wonder how you so i say well we have the the opportunity today to acknowledge kind of a failure of the way of living of a modern society we maybe we can at least question the the right uh, the 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 good way of living so I say, see, instead of getting stuck, just I always try to change perspective. For example, if you ask me uh, that you feel you could be better physically, spiritually, mentally, psychically, you know, psychologically, I would ask, what do you feel? Sick or do you feel ill or do you feel like something missing? Do you feel like incomplete? then incomplete is quite good to, to begin with because I could say, yeah, maybe something is missing for us to fully awake today, to, to fully get in touch because I feel like something is missing, for example, 
with my connection to Mother Nature. I remember when I was a kid, I felt more connected. I would like to get back to this beautiful, magical connection. And also, I feel like something is missing in the very knowledge of myself. So what if I would investigate in the lineage, as Lydia said, and that's what we offer people to just enhance, to just expand their imagination. And I used to say, imagination is daughter of consciousness. And by expanding your imagination, you open your consciousness, and then you feel more connected to your entire lineage and to Mother Nature. And then you feel more complete. You see the beautiful, it's something that I can even believe it is missing to the entire human race, which is a problem. See how our behavior is the behavior of uh, individuals and uh, who are missing something, they, they, they are not complete. They, they miss something in their mind to, to behave in a better, harmonious, balanced way. Thank you, that was, that was I, I have a lot of questions, but I don't wanna interrupt the flow. Trish or Christy, how would you answer that question? I can go next, you want me to? Sure. Um, I guess, you know, I do get asked quite, quite often and I typically go with, you know, a psychedelic guide and integration and wellness coach. I often work with people who are very curious about these tools and medicines and help them to understand how they can be used to better, to, to be better humans, to really live more authentically, to find their North Star of what they're, what are they doing here? How can their relationships be better? And you know, there's a handful of, there's many, many different medicines that people can work with. So helping um, clients to choose the right one for them for the right time. And, um, you know, often that can be a confusing task. And so just based on their uh, intentions and what they're really hoping to get out of the medicine or hoping to, to um, get help with in their life, helping to align with um, which medicine or tool would be best for them, and then just guiding them through that process. Thank you. Welcome. Yeah, so, um, you know, I often tell people I found my way to psychedelics through my own healing, and I think that's how many of us kind of found our path to this. Um, you know, my work and kind of specialty is in trauma. And that really stems from a childhood where I endured a lot of emotional, physical, and sexual abuse. And so when I share kind of what I work with people, it's more in the sense of, you know, a psychedelic assisted, um, trauma therapist. And, um, you know, it has been such an incredibly rewarding career and being able to work with people so intimately on some of, you know, the most challenging aspects of their life that they're really, and I, you know, I once heard as it is applicable to this, you know, the number one thing standing in the way of every great entrepreneur is their childhood trauma, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I think none of us are exempt from it, right? And so allowing, um, you know, others to become curious about some of the patterns holding them back and then to work so intimately in creating these containers and then working with such, you know, gifted healers such as Lydia and Poncho and being able to bring these indigenous medicines, you know, is just the greatest gift. And, you know, also being able to facilitate and work intimately with Christy. And, you know, I've studied in spiritual psychology and also the work of Dr. Gabor Mate, which he talks a lot around addiction and, and childhood trauma. And so, yeah, that's really how I've found my way to this path. Okay, so there's a lot of directions I could take this. Um, first of all, let's address like my audience, a lot of them might be young adults coming out of school, maybe they're in their 30s, um, 
maybe they don't have the life experience that you all have and they're interested in this. You know, maybe they've been exposed to it. Uh, maybe they've been on journeys themselves. I want to kind of address this part of the podcast right up front, and then we can kind of go deeper. What is it, you know, what kind of advice might you give to somebody that has an interest in help facilitating? Cause I'm going to throw out an assumption, but like, you know, it's heavy, heavy work, I would assume. And right now, again, correct me if I'm wrong, but it feels like there's a commercialization of what you all do, which scares me a little bit because I feel like you're going to get people that may not have the skill set or the talent to hold the right space um, for people that are in very vulnerable situations. And so if a younger audience is interested in going down this road, maybe we can go in the same format. Is there any advice you would give to somebody that's interested in going down this career path? Yeah, I might want to jump in here because Christy and I had such a great conversation about this the other day. And one of the things that she mentioned in our in the conversation as it pertains to this is, you know, I think the first thing that everyone needs to do if you want to become a healer, walk this path is we have to do our own work. We have to work with the medicines and heal ourselves. And I think that's kind of step number one. And, um, you know, I also feel that there's a huge gap right now and that there isn't a lot of um, accessibility to going to school, let's say, um, as it pertains to being a space holder because of legalization and, and things of that nature. And so I think maybe Lydia, I don't know if you have, um, some thoughts around this as well, because this came with years of, of studying both you and Poncho to arrive where you are today. Yes. Thank you, Trish. Yes, well, I totally agree with you. The first step is going through your own healing process. Mm -hmm. uh, like your psychotherapist, you need to go. It's part of the, you know, the part of the of the teaching. You need to go and do your own psychotherapy first, right? And it's exactly the same. So one of the main problems today is like everybody, of course, wants to, there's a huge, a lot of people want to, to work with those uh, psychedelics or medicine. So some people see that as a good opportunity to do business, right? you know? And uh, so I can do that because, uh, oh, I feel I'm good enough. I can do that and I will make money with that. So this is not, uh, of course, the most uh, ethical way. Of course, if you make, make your own living with that, like it's our case, you know, great. But we didn't start for that, you know? It, that was not the point. We didn't really have a choice. We were totally cold, you know, with the shamans acknowledging us as shamans. And we went into this path. For me personally, I started 23 years ago, like in year 2000, I was one of the first, or maybe the one year, really one of the first Westerner women going there in the, in the jungle in Peru and being uh, taught by um, an indigenous elder. And at the time, it was really few people who would have the courage to go there. I mean, you needed to go there. You can, it was very rare you can do that in Costa Rica or in other countries, you know, you needed to go there to do that. And because it's, well, it's not an easy decision, you know, I'm going to go into a, an ayahuasca ceremony. We're like preparing for weeks before and it's going to be deep. And, you know, we are in this indigenous, with this indigenous tribe and you're basically on your own, you know, you have shaman, of course, doing some work on you, but you need to go through your own process and through your own shadows. And now it's kind of like, oh yeah, there's an ayahuasca ceremony. I'm going to sign in. I don't really know where I'm going and it can be dangerous. And also, so it's very important to, to, to know who you're doing this with and what are the intentions of the people that are going to serve you medicine. And also knowing that a lot of people who want to become healers are mainly projecting, you know, projecting their own uh, issues onto the people coming. And they do that because they need to heal themselves, but they just need to do the, the full process first. And that's really the way it happens. You know, you go through your own healing and at one point you have the call, you know, you know, you start assisting in other people's ceremony, holding space, helping with integration, with preparation. And then if, if the moment is right, you know, you know that you will be able to serve. 
And it's very important to have elders and uh, supervisors, people who can really train you and, and know the right timing when you can start doing it on your own. Thank you. Uh, Pancho or Chrissy, do you want to add anything? Um, I would just say, um, well, I agree with everything that's been spoken. This line of work often comes as a calling, like a soul calling. You just know that this is where you're meant to be. And um, the the lineage and the mentorship is is imperative. It's, you know, there are online courses you can take now to be a guide, which is is dangerous. That's one piece of the puzzle, you know, understanding the science of the medicine and that sort of thing, but um, really understanding how medicine space works, how the field changes, how you can assist someone through, you know, a difficult point in their journey. All of these things come really with through mentorship and through experience. So, you know, it's really important to do your own work if you're wanting to explore these realms to make sure that you are doing your due diligence on your guide. You know, who are they? What type of experience have they had? What is their training? And, um, you know, really taking that, that point seriously, is, it's important. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Um, why don't I ask another question? We kind of discussed this prior to hitting record is the different ways you can get involved with this, like the different roles. I, I would love to kind of have you all just touch on what it is you do because you all do different things or to some extent, you're not all doing the same thing. And, you know, from somebody that doesn't have the knowledge and life experience of what these journeys entail, there's a lot that goes into it. There's the before, there's the during, there's the after. There's probably a lot of preparation leading up to, you know, getting your body and your soul and your everything just in a really healthy uh, way, just so you you can take advantage of this uh, opportunity. Can we touch a little bit about what exactly you each do um, in terms of what your roles are? Anyone can go. So if we start with uh, the ceremony setting, you know, the work with the psychedelic, we must keep in mind that we sh we are awakening a lot of uh, strong energies mm -hmm. that are not uh, we're not used to deal with them on a daily basis in the normal life. So the first thing uh that the leader of the ceremony has to know and to is to deal with these energies to protect every participant and every and that's the the first base of ethic then he has also to be the seer because the participants are, are not yet used to decode all the information they will receive, whether it's a sound, vision, or whatever, feeling and sensation in the body. And the we have to remember the leader of the ceremony for the last 10,000 years used to be and still is a storyteller. He is the one that is able to go down, deep down in the spirit world and get their solution for the patient, for the group or the individual. So that's what the leader of the ceremony must be able to do. So when he gets back from the underworld or the world of the spirit, he knows exactly how to deal with the patient. And so that's the 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 setting or uh, the the traditional the traditional setting, way sure. and the safest one, the only one that guarantee full safety to every participant. Are you the leader or both of you the leaders during the ceremonies? Yes. Yes, that's the beauty of of the the masculine and the feminine working together because we deal with the sacred feminine the 
sacred masculine and the divine feminine and the divine masculine. So it's beautiful to work together and uh, to offer this to the, the, the circle. And uh, in, the in the Shipibo tribes where we learn, uh, they, or they work a lot uh, as couples too. Yeah. It's really beautiful. You kind of have this mother-father figures, you know, taking care of you. You're like a baby and... <laughs> and <laughs> going back into this uh, uh, feeling of safety you you had when you were a little baby or in the womb. So, so this isn't the same, but I remember I did a lot of meditation events with Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I was amazed that when we were doing these long meditations, he was actually meditating as well. And also, um, he was the one giving the meditation verbally. Are you all taking the medicine while you are conducting these as well? Oh, yes, we are, okay. we are very, we are very deep in the medicine. Mm. Okay. I'm just curious. I mean, it, it feels, and this is going to be just a, a random comment, but you have to be very confident. I, maybe these aren't the right words, but just very skilled in, I mean, I would assume some people for the first time, it, they're not in control there. There's a lot of things going on and it's some new sounds, new feelings, new emotions for you all. Uh, was this something that took years and years to get comfortable feeling like you could not only participate, but also manage the room? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> the first time you're like, you can't even move, you know, but, uh, and then little by little you, you learn. So you are deep in the medicine and at the same time, you're, you're really functional and you can move around, can go and help people. And yeah, that's, that's training basically and practice. Yeah. I mean, I, my assumption is not everybody can do that. Like not everybody can be a professional athlete. Like what you all do is a unique skill that I don't know if anybody can just do if they want to. Uh, I think to Christy's point, it is a calling, you know, and <clears throat> even I can speak for myself from a really young age, I was psychic and I would have entities and those from the other side come and visit. And it's, you know, the veil for me is very thin and then went on medicine even more so, right? And that ability to navigate that space. And it's interesting, even when I first started working in the psychedelic space, it was like it was this this um, old friend that was so familiar to me. And I know others, you know, really struggle sometimes to drop in or even learn how to work with it. And I think part of that is the, um, you know, I did a lot of training in shamanism prior to integrating psychedelics. And I think having that background in 20 plus years in the health and wellness space, allows you um, a bit more fluidity as you drop in and start to experience some of these psychedelic experiences as well. So Christy and Trish, maybe touch on where you drop into this in terms of your roles in the ceremony. Yeah, so I've been, um, as I said, in the health and wellness space for 20 plus years, and I um, worked uh, in Utah with a um, group of ketamine clinics here. And so I kind of started working um, in that space and then working a lot in Costa Rica with ayahuasca and psilocybin. And so for me, it's a matter of helping, um, as they call it in our field, hold space for people to drop in and do their work. And so really um, it's so important to me that people are going in with some preparation, specifically with ayahuasca, because there's also a dieta or a specific diet that they need to follow in, in order to fully detox the body and allow the channel to be more open. Um, and so, you know, really supporting people before going down and doing ceremony. And it's not only creating, um, you know, the spiritual container or, you know, lightness, but it's also preparing the physical body specifically with ayahuasca and then being there to help support the container and the participants. And then Christy and I also work um, together in doing retreats um, with psilocybin as well. Yeah. 
And Christy, maybe you want to speak to that. Yeah. So um, as Trish was describing, you know, she and I have similar roles in that and really helping people to understand the importance of the diet and the preparation. And, you know, if you don't take that piece seriously, you just won't get nearly as much from the, the experience. It's a very strong point. And so just really holding people to have the support around um, the, the, the preparation is very important. And, uh, and then as Trisha was describing during the ceremony, making sure people feel safe, that they feel supported and comforted. You know, Lydia and Poncho are two people. We often have, you know, 15 or more um, in circle with us. So just making sure that we can be there if, if people need and, um, you know, assisting them too, as they're working and doing their medicine, if they need anything from us, we're there to support them as well. And then um, as Trish, Trish was describing with the retreats that she and I hold together um, with psilocybin, that is, you know, we are the medicine uh, facilitators in those roles and uh, work on dosage and making sure people are prepared for that type of experience as well, which is, is similar in a lot of ways. You know, you still want to have the body prepared. You want to have your in intentions and do the integration after, which, which can be deep and long. And so just working, you know, meaning making, helping people understand the experience that they had and how to really implement what came through those messages that came through into their lives that is the key to transformation is you know you see these beautiful visions and what I often describe as their north star that they can count on in their life that's where they're going and what are the steps action steps to do to get from where you are now back in your 3d reality to that north star that you envisioned for yourself during your journey and um it's it's just very it's, it's, if you don't do that piece, you're missing it all. Yeah. So just really holding a framework for people to, to, to get the most out of their experience. That's, that's an important part. Yeah. So I have two questions. Thank you, Christy. So one of my questions and anybody can address it is I'm curious about the relationship. Like you have the ceremony. I assume there's a process prior to, of maybe getting to know the person, um, then there's the accountability after. So I'm curious about the longevity or, you know, is this, is this sometimes something that can be handled in five journeys, one journey, or does it just depend? And then I also want to kind of uh, ask the question of what is it, you know, you've all been in this for a while. What is it that surprised you that you didn't see coming? I mean, this is a, a beautiful, but heavy, thing you do this isn't selling paper clips and slurpees i mean you're you're changing lives and you're going deep 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 uh so i'm curious like something that you you didn't see coming so you can address the first or the second question but to give the audience a better idea of like this isn't just hey i go somewhere for a week and it's over or is it yeah i think Definitely it's not over yeah it's it's such a great conversation and i'm so grateful to have it because i think a lot of people do drop into the medicine and use it in a way where you miss the magic of it and you miss the opportunity to really do deep healing if you don't work with it and you can go and have an experience but I think the containers that we've created are really about how, you know, and we talked about it before, how do we prepare you before? How do we really hold that safe container? And safety is so important for me in this. And then also, how do we help you integrate? Because so many people come to the medicine and then all of a sudden you crack open these childhood traumas that many have completely disassociated from or didn't even have memories of. And then now, you know, what does life look like afterwards? And I think, you know, certainly I went through that when I had my first um, experience with Iboga. That was my first um, entree into psychedelic medicines. And all of a sudden, a lifetime of trauma that I had never even looked at was now kind of, you know, on my lap having to deal with it and what it, and life as I knew it was completely changed forever. And then ensuring that people have a container that supports them afterwards. And I think um, 
to your question of what is one of the things that's shocking, I think you have to look at these medicines of you don't go to the gym and lift weights and you're all of a sudden sudden fit, right? This is really building that spiritual muscle. You know, it takes time and it takes, you know, it's something that we have to be committed to the spiritual path and the spiritual journey. I think maybe Lydia or Poncho, you might want to speak to it as well. Mm-hmm. Well, yes, <laughs> totally agree with you. It's um, it's a commitment first, mm-hmm. commitment to, to yourself, and um, but also you know you have to be ready to make those changes in your life. When you go you there, there's no way back. That's it. You know, we're like you open the door and you need to go through the door. So and walk that path. And that's true that that's why we like also to work in the in the setting of retreats, because we are together. There's this preparation. It's like creating a family, a community, a tribe. And that's also what most people need today, because we are such, you know, we don't have that anymore. We live, you know, in cities and uh we, we lost the connection to nature. We lost the connection to the sense of tribe. And when we do those retreats, we're all together all the time and we're processing, you know, and we are all together, you know, we're like all in this together. And that's why what is beautiful in the shamans and, and uh, all the people assisting and, uh, and the people participating, we are one. And that's mm-hmm. what we love most with that. And, and so then after these experiences, we keep that connection. And I've seen people coming out of retreats with like best friends, you know, you meet also those other people and you share this really tough, you know, journey, tr- tough. I mean, it can be, be, it's beautiful, but you know, I mean, you ha- you need to go for it. You need to find the beauty, you know, behind the shadow too, you know, crossing, you know, go, going to those underworlds and, and find the light, right? And so you go, you do all this together. It's really re- rewarding. You know, I'm like, I'm, we're brave, you know, it's brave to do that. And so people create that connection. Oh, I was feeling your process, you know, I was processing and I was feeling you there. And, and well, there's the sense of solidarity, which we totally lost in, in society today. So it's always this also coming back to these ancient ways where people were tribes and were helping each other, supporting each other and creating this really strong bond. When you sit in an ayahuasca ceremony with other people, you know, you didn't know one week before and all of a sudden you're like best friends, you know, you're like, it's like you've been crossing the ocean, crossing the stones, you know, uh, together. And then, yeah, so this is for us also very important, the creating that sense of community mm-hmm. and uh, what it's something you, it's an amazing takeaway after the, those retreats, spending that time together and not just come, okay, I'm going to go into an ayahuasca ceremony tonight and then you will never see the people again and, you know, there's, not follow, there's no following up. So, yeah, this is something we really appreciate. And even for us, we have now big family, you know, of people <laughs> that uh, that's beautiful. This path made us meet so many beautiful, amazing people. We're so grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, Dirk, you brought up Dr. Joe Dispenza, and I too have done his work. And I think, you know, for those out there that have done the work of Joe Dispenza, when you're, when working with Lydia and Poncho, they create this, this um, energetic field that's palpable. And it is something that, you know, the medicine just enhances that experience. And then all of a sudden, the participants that you're there with in the community, they're all in that um, energetic field together. And so it really becomes one unit of healing and it and the ancestral healing that can happen in that way is just so exponential. So I just, you know, one of the things that i have loved the most about working with Lydia and Poncho is their ability to create this, um, this quantum field, like, you know, that I've never experienced before. It is like you all kind of enter a spaceship together and then take off, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty, um, magical. Yeah. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Lydia. And everybody being, you know, responsible for their role in the ceremony too you know you're not passive you're active in the process so it is also very uh, empowering 
you know, like everybody's really, uh, she was just talking about spaceship, everybody at their station, everybody has an important role, Everybody's uh, everybody embodies some archetypes, bringing their ancestors and their guides. So we all become shamans and healers in the circle. I am curious. So you mentioned, is this typically 13, 14, 15 people? Uh, I don't want to call them clients, but people that you're helping, working with, and then are there four of you or are there other roles or skill sets involved in the journey helping facilitate? It's a good question. So um, our retreat in Costa Rica that we're hosting in October, that we have 20 participants. And then with that, we'll have about six um, facilitator or support team that's a part of that as well okay and the reason i ask is because there's different skill sets there's different personality types maybe they're not somebody's not um ready to hold space but maybe they want to get involved and maybe they want to get help make you know make the medicine i mean i know that there's a process there that i'm not really sure but i don't know if there's like a, a team of 10 people behind the scenes or if it's just you know a crew of five or six people <laughs> I mean, I am You're curious. Like, are am... you wanting to talk about all of our light workers behind the scenes? <laughs> well, I'm just curious if someone's listening and they're thinking, I really like this, but I obviously am not ready to be Lydia or Poncho or Trish or Christy, but I'm curious, how can I participate? How can I um get involved? Are there other opportunities for people that might not have the life experience to get involved? I think again, you know, um, before I started holding space and facilitating with these medicines, I traveled around the world sitting with different indigenous cultures and different um, uh, traditions. And really that was my teacher. And then I had, you know, I was fortunate enough to collaborate with a company that was running the clinical trials to legalize MDMA and psilocybin and, and gained exposure through that. But I think there's, you know, again, I always revert back to, it's a matter of us doing our work and finding, you know, now as psychedelics are becoming more mainstream, there's so many opportunities and different um, forums to get involved and to really immerse yourself in the work. And then also, I think, um, you know, I was always a seeker and a student of life. And I attended as many retreats, not using medicine, and also went back to school and studying spiritual psychology and, and the work of Dr. Gabor Mate and a handful of other um, trauma-informed therapies to prepare and have tools in the toolkit, because I think part of this as well of people getting involved, you can sit and hold space for someone with the medicine. And that may not be, let's say with psilocybin, overwhelmingly challenging, but what happens when you crack open old traumas that they haven't dealt with. What is, you know, what tools do you have in the toolkit then <laughs> to really hold people through that healing journey and allow them a safe space and and um and guiding them on a path of holding their hand through healing through some of this. And you know, Lydia, you may have more to say on that as well. Yeah, well I know that for us the way we work is we, we really um, absorb and take a part of whatever is coming out. So we endorse, you know, also this responsibility that's really the work of the of the shaman uh, for the person to be able to to have their own process uh, in a in a more gentle way. Let's say so we are taking what's rough, you know, as a, what uh, as far as energy goes then it could be a whole conversation about what is energy and does it work but uh, so and we also have the um, our specificity is really to work on people also to do um, hands-on healings during ceremony which is uh which helps a lot removing 
all those uh, strong uh, emotional um, energies coming out and uh, and the trauma. So it's we are really like parents, you know, really taking care also of people and not letting them really like having their 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 own process in a difficult way. It can be a very difficult experience, and so we really take as much as we can so that everyone can do then can navigate nicely in the process so it doesn't mean that it can can't be rough at some times but this is very important that's why we don't work with like a hundred people because this is um we can stay with one person for one hour and a half two hours sometimes in the ceremony so we can't have big groups because we it's very tiring for us going you know maybe working on three four people each on each ceremony which makes also very long ceremonies. You have to be ready to to spend the full night. But it's also so um, amazing to feel like all those pain in the body, all, all these, those are the traumas, those are the emotions. So we do this extraction work. We can mm. help, you know, the, the energies to flow in the body by really removing what it's here and blocking the uh, the process or blocking the energy to go through. So we're like, basically like surgeons <laughs> we'd say yeah. uh, etheric surgeons we do like this surgery we use a uh, coded language i wouldn't say light language because this language came way before we started uh, speaking about light language and it's more than just something we channel like this we know exactly what we're doing and it's a uh, a uh, coded language that allows to go into you know at work you know at the We'd say at the cellular level, you know, for us, nature is high technology. So med the plant medicines are high technology too, the way they can go and decode the memories in your DNA. I mean, for some people who are like very, you know, not the believers, we're like, no, no way, you know, but yeah, shamanism is a science and uh, and those plants, they have the ability to, to really decode things that we can't even, we can't understand without them, you know? Mm -hmm. I'm curious, is this the, the I'm, I'm trying to understand kind of like the lifestyle. Uh, do you do two, three ceremonies a month, one a month? I'm like, when you're not in ceremony, is it, is there a, a, a three week time of just coming down and re-engaging into the world? Like, wh what is it like for you all on a, you know, if you get, you take a month, is that one journey um, or those 30 journeys? Well, if I may, I would like to go in the understanding of the 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 commitment of mm -hmm. medicine woman, medicine man, mm -hmm. who are fully committed to be uh, of service to the healing of others, brothers and sisters. You know, on the on, on the it it is a daily commitment because uh in the ceremony as lydia said we take as much as we can but we in order to for the audience to understand more clearly we could say we don't even have the, the choice we are being given you know we are being given sent to us the maximum that we can handle so that the patient can have the best, um, the most profitable or the most, you know, efficient uh, healing and journey for his own sake and uh, to, to match with their intentions and so forth and so on. So in order to understand why are we being given as much as possible because we are being identified by the spirits, by the, the energy, by everything, as medicine women and medicine men. Why so? Because on a daily basis, we are committed to deal with these energy without medi plant medicine, because they are here, without, whether we, we, we take a plant medicine or not, they are the energy, especially when we live as we do in the countryside, in the mountain, in the jungle of the mountain of Costa Rica, or even if we are in the desert of Sinai in Egypt or in the high Himalaya, we are 
always at work. We have to deal night and day, 24-7, uh, with this energy, and we have to transmute. We have to, to, to not identify, to get deeper to the separation be between, you know, all the low frequency energy that resonate with all the trauma of the entire humanity to be able to not identify and to transform within our body. Our body is our main tool to transform into higher vibration frequency, what at first was low frequency energy that are linked to anger, fear, jealousy, envy, and so forth, you see? So this is what we do on a daily basis. We also take care of what we eat, what we read, what we watch, movie, and, and who we are meeting, you know, you know, in the in the society. We are that's the commitment we can't escape. And that's also what makes our strengths in ceremony, our protection. You see? Yes, we have a very healthy life, lifestyle. We need that in order to be able to, we need to be clear all the time, you know, and we do also our own fast. We fast and we do healings to each other, ceremonies yeah. to two of us. So we can really all the time, you know, be a clear channel. Yeah, we have to practice our own ceremony to, to, comment on dit pour une mise à jour? To upgrade. Upgrade, you know, regular, on a regular basis, twice or thrice a month, without participants, just the two of us. Lydia, you're, I just, not changing subjects, but you're French-Italian, correct? Yes, well, my parents are, are both from Sicily. Yeah. But uh, I was born in, and grew up in France. And how about you, Pancho? Are you, you're speaking French, right? Yes. I do. Are you from? Are you French as well? I'm hundred percent French. <laughs> okay. Uh, father side is Celtic, and the uh, mother side is uh, Qatar from <laughs> southwest uh, France. Okay, I'm just curious. Um, is there anything I haven't asked? And, and again, I'm 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 a newbie. I'm learning, and I know this is there's a lot here. But is there anything, Christy, Trish, uh, that? I'm not bringing up that you think would be important for the audience to hear, whether it's how are you all different than the other groups, uh, the modalities? Um, I mean, something that maybe that I just have not asked that I should have. Um, one thing that just rang to me, I know your podcast is about, you know, finding your genius zone and career paths and different choices with that. And I just wanted to say, even if, being a medicine woman or whole, you know, space holder or a psychedelic guide isn't necessarily in line career-wise for the people listening. It is a fantastic tool to finding your path, mm. to aligning with what you are here to do and how you are here to serve, you know, in your own way. Um, it's my clients, that's one of the number one things that they're looking for is help in that realm. So just thought I'd throw that in. I love that you brought that up because personally, I'm at 53 years old. I'm struggling with that right now. And, <laughs> uh, and I, you know, I, I guess the, um, I don't know how to ask this. Um, and, and I would never want you to talk to about anyone specifically, but can you give us kind of an example of maybe a journey somebody's had an example. I know there's different outcomes, um, but like, is it is it a process of like understanding through lineage or your ancestors like what I'm supposed to do, and then all the noise goes away about maybe their attachment to money or looking good or what society? I mean, is it is it just clearing up the clutter? Is that a consistent theme? Um. Did you want to <laughs> There's so much around this. Yeah. Go ahead, Christy. Go ahead. I would just say yes, all of the all of the above. And oftentimes it is it's the unlearning of the cultural indoctrination that we've gotten. Like, yeah, you have this is what you should do because your father was this and your grandfather. It could be that. 
you know, and that's not maybe that person's purpose. And so um, oftentimes it just, it does get clear, you know, your, you know, what are your values and, and how are, are they aligning with what you're choosing to spend your time on and what you're choosing to study? And are you feeling fulfilled and joyous and abundant in the fields you're in? And if that answer is no, then perhaps you could use these tools to look at what would be a good path for you. Um, and I've had many, many people come back after numerous journeys and different medicines with a very clear idea of what they do not want anymore and a clear idea of what direction they would like to go. You know, um, the medicine may not tell you exactly the title that you should be doing, but it will give you a feeling of this feels good and your intuition is now turned back on and you can discern much easier once you do clear up the clutter of your life, where you're meant to, to be playing, you know, a role. So thank you. Yeah, that's wonderful. The the I just react re because Chris said uh, some key words such as intentions, but such as intuition, mm -hmm. and also um the last one was discernment. Mm -hmm what we do is working at a cellular level it means that all what we know intellectually all what we need to know all what we need to uncover and discover and integrate will be done thanks to this work at a cellular level so that our intuition become we 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 trust ourselves much more mm -hmm. we trust our intuition it is part of you know what we we were talking previously you know imagination intuition is part of imagination and the problem is that most of human don't trust their intuition when it's the most accurate most of the time uh thing to follow you know and this because we work at the cellular level and we can be more in and with our body on a daily basis because this body is a fantastic tool it cannot deceive us cannot lie to us so we feel you know the change and we will learn with this work of ours the very delicate change that we can physical change in the body that are talking to us and telling yes maybe no you know, to some questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and also these last years, we've seen uh, more and more people coming, for example, uh, to so those ceremonies from the corporate world, professional athletes, yeah. uh, artists, uh, and uh, also seeing the, the difference, you know, uh, people working with NGOs and how then they can, you know, they see the change perspective. That's all about changing perspective in this work, really. Just like from uh, a place where we feel stuck and all of a sudden we are in, we shift perspective and it all opens you know and that are uh, so many possibilities and then people and those people coming back you know feeling um, uh, athletes feeling that it really enhanced uh, their performance you know same for artists so they have new ideas and the people in corporates are going to work with different ethics thing you know as all of a sudden they meet nature I'm meeting Mother Nature, you know, that's what Ayahuasca and Iboga and all the plant medicine, I would say, the natural psychedelics are coming from the earth and not the chemicals. They really have the, the spirit. They have a spirit and they put you in contact with, with nature and all of a sudden you realize you are about of nature. So, of course, I need to change things. And it's amazing to see that people totally can change their way of working with their co-workers and what they're going to do with their companies and, you know, be more sensitive to eco uh, the eco ecological crisis that we are, of course, facing. You have been facing for, for years now and, you know, become the like superheroes that are going to do something to change things in the world, you know, to make the, this world a better place. It just, my, my feeling is it just feels like such brave work, you know, for somebody, and, you know, and you hear people talking about these things and they don't really understand. And, um, anyways, I, I'm 
I think it's amazing what you're all doing. Um, I, I, you know, as far as making the impact on these people and yourself, I'm sure there's a lot of, um, a lot of growth internally from just helping others. I am curious though, like it, it, what is, how does it, and I don't even know how to ask this. So I'm just going to ask it the way I think, how do you not shut it off? You know, uh, you taught, you said it's always with you 24 seven, but when you're going through such deep work and intense stuff, you know, how do you go back to the, the 3D world and, and, and deal with, I mean, is it, it, I would assume life is never the same once you see what you see or feel what you feel. That's right. You can't unsee it. That's true. <laughs> but there's um, something that a word that we use um, called spiritual hygiene. It's very important to have um, a way of clearing energy from yourself and to really take care of yourself, both in, you know, the foods that you eat, just like Lydia and Poncho were describing who you spend time with, you know, are you spending enough time in nature? Are you, um, all the things, you know, that would go into a healthy lifestyle is very important in, um, in this work to make sure that you are staying as a clear channel and clean and, and taking good care of yourself because it can be draining. Yeah. We are very lucky to live in the jungle, also really in the middle of nature, which makes a big difference. I used to live in the city, in Paris, and going back and forth to Peru to for my training, and it became at one point I just couldn't, no, I just couldn't have this life anymore. So it's also very important to always be in, con in contact with nature, and it you know we we just after retreats after ceremonies we come back, and we regenerate totally. And, we go to the river and waterfalls and walking also you know that this is uh yeah. yeah very very important and helping a lot to always keep that connection yeah this, yeah this is in, there is a beautiful way to answer your question because this is a beautiful question and it can go very deep does do, don't we feel like this world the 3d world is uh, missing or is lacking magic and couldn't we bring some magic in this 3d world so when we come back as you said and the question we feel always like a responsibility to not feel like we are the chosen one we are you know we have understood so much more than the average of human that's the trap Oh, that's an ego trap, spiritual ego trap. I must admit that for me, it's more and more difficult to go shopping in a mall or in a supermarket. I can't anymore. But if I had to, I could because I know that I can have protection. But the beauty of this work is to realize that you work, we work to reduce all kind of separation we don't want to be separate anymore we don't want to see that yes going to the forest is sacred and going to walmart is profane no we want to be able to ear, um, to shine the sacred wherever we are because mm -hmm. that's what's needed on earth today mm -hmm. so we feel like this work is both calling us to take full responsibility and this work is giving all the help to take full responsibility to be the artist to create this world to create a better world to create a better dream for everyone freely without fighting without con judging and that was also a key word of chris just before we stop being judgmental we shift from being judgmental to discernment mm. you know to discern is not to judge and it's wonderful because that's what we offer to the world and that's the responsibility of this work getting back to the 3d we because we want 3d and all other d melting mm. full of magic creativity beauty we all are artists, and that's what we offer to all the participants to get in touch with their eternal nature of incredible artists once they 
take full responsibility for the trauma. And once they are able to shift their perspective on that trauma and to see them as hero and no longer as victim, that's the key also for the shift in this um, transition we are living today. It, 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 thank you for that. That was amazing. I is 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 the journey in a way to expedite the unwiring of belief systems. Like I've been working at doing that for years. Um, personally and and I'm wondering is this is this I, mean, I know there's so much to this question and it's hard probably to answer but like I'm so curious when you're in the journey are you just getting a lens or a glimpse into I mean I know your ego is probably in the corner and you're just raw but like what is going I mean is it are you even able to answer what is going on like like <laughs> is that something you can articulate or is it just too hard to do that I think, you know, I might speak to that just from personal experience. Um, there were so many patterns. I had been, you know, as I said, a student of life and had a lot of um, tools. But when being able to drop into medicine and go back and revisit some of these childhood experiences or even relationships that I had and the patterning in which, you know, some of the... Um, behaviors played out, right? And when you can come and have kind of a perceptual state and looking at all of that from a different lens, and as Lydia and Poncho spoke to, then all of a sudden everything becomes possible when we untangle and um, rewire some of the circuitry from, you know, adverse childhood experiences or even life experiences that we've had. And so through that, being able to look at a different way of um, operating in the world. And I think what's different about psychedelics is that we can sit in a therapy office and we can intellectualize it all day long, but psychedelics give us the opportunity to feel it and embody what it would feel like to not live with some of those conditions or um, limited patterns that we've adopted over the years. I don't know if someone wants to add or piggyback to that. I would just say it just, it does feel like a, a bit of a fast track. You know, you have to feel it to heal it and you can have 10 years of ther therapy. And like Trish was mentioning, intellectually, you understand and you want to forgive or you want to let go, but your body doesn't know how, or they, it, it can't connect together to, to release that. And so these tools and medicines are just amazing at that part, helping us to connect it all so we can feel it, process it and let it go. Mm -hmm. yeah. At the same time, it's very important to not to see those men, those psychedelics like a quick fix, you know, oh, I'm mm -hmm. going to do a ceremony, that's it, I'm going to heal, you know, I know that's going to solve all my problems or mm -hmm. using them as an escape from mm -hmm. reality like, you know, re recreate, uh, recreative drug. <laughs> mm -hmm. So it's uh, it's also one of the danger, you know, of this. So people kind of like using psychedelics just basically to escape their reality, while the point is really to go to the other side and find the sort of things, solutions that then we are going to embody and make the real changes in our life. The real work starts after ceremony. No? Mm -hmm. all this really realization and um, new ideas and healing things that you understand and liberation and then you go back to your life and you stick to your own same old patterns same old beliefs because beliefs are also what can limit us a lot you know what we are what we believe so like when we say we are what we eat we also are what we believe so of course we can totally shift from a, a belief system when we sit with those medicines and then what we, what do we do with that? You know, we really need then to make the changes That's also the whole point of integration. But that's really uh, one of the things that is important. If you go to escape your reality, it's going to be get worse. You really need at one point to make those changes and only you, not no, uh, no ayahuasca, no iboga, no <laughs> any uh, plant would be able to, to help you do that. Then that's your job. Anything else? <laughs> Anybody have any thoughts? Um, I didn't want to cut anybody off. 
No, I think only maybe the last thing is that we do have a retreat coming up at the end of October and um, such a, we have a couple spaces left if there is interest and certainly, you know, um, welcome any more questions or anything um, that can be answered kind of offline. So how would somebody reach out and would they reach out to you, Trish, or is there a website or what's the best way for people that are interested in becoming part of this with your group? Yeah, so you can access the retreat information through patriciadamon.com, which is my website, and we can help direct it um, from there. And, um, you know, there is, I guess, maybe just something briefly that we could speak to because it'll help kind of filter. Um, Lydia, do you want to speak to just some of the medical precautions or contraindications with ayahuasca? Well, I don't know if I want to speak about it, but just to know that we we look into that, uh, that is important for people who are following some treatments and uh, that to, of course, we communicate prior to retreat to be sure there is no um, um, problem with the the plant. We know how to navigate that well, but I'm not going to be. Yeah, there's a very specific lengthy um, intake, medical intake form that we will use as part of the application process for those interested in coming to the retreat. And um, yeah, so that will be addressed way ahead. So I, I, that is one question I had as far as the selection process, not only medically that the medicine will work with your body, but also just psychologically, or, I mean, I would assume that you're just not taking anybody, right? I mean, there's, there's probably times, maybe not, but there's times where maybe people that wanted to do this, maybe it wasn't the right time. Is there any of that going on? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. There's, you know, I think sometimes, um, and I've experienced this a lot working with private clients, you know, they feel like they're, you know, they want it, they want the answers, but then oftentimes they can start working with the medicine and the medicine's like, no, 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 not yet, you know, because they really aren't prepared. And, um, you know, that's something that Christy and I really take seriously in doing our due diligence to, and if they aren't ready, then helping them get to a place where plant medicines may be um, a path for them. And so I think it raises a good point. There is um, a lot that, you know, a good example, if you have a lot of fear going into ceremony, we would rather dance with that fear before coming to meet the medicine, right? And really understanding where is that coming from and and helping them process some of these um, aspects prior to actually getting on retreat. So it's really important that we, um, you know, select a container where there's also safety for everyone involved, right? So I get it. Um, Thank you very much for taking the time. And I appreciate you being patient with my questions. I maybe some of them were elementary, but I'm learning. And uh, I think the work you're doing is amazing and um, very brave work. And uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you guys. 